Hey. There we go. How's it going? There we go. I think we're all set. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, uh, yeah, this is Josh from the Dead Jester Productions podcast. Hello. Yeah, I did his podcast uh, a month ago or so. Something like that. Yeah, I forget how long ago it was. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to have him on. Uh, audio sounds a little weird, but well. <laughs> I just yeah. had my computer fixed, so. Nice. Yeah, uh, I had to record an episode earlier today, actually, for our show. And uh, I got ready to get started. It's like six, right at six o'clock. Go to record. Computer has all these problems. It says it needs update. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> update the computer. Start back up. Get ready to hit. I hit record. Discord pops up. Freezes everything. I was like, oh my god. Uh, what a mess. Seems like everything's working now. So I'm happy with it. Yeah, that's but, good. Yeah. So how have things been going? What have you What have you been up to since you were on the show? On our show, uh, uh, not too much. I had, uh, I think, I had a couple guests on my podcast, uh, and uh, yeah, just doing kind of the same stuff. Nice. Yeah, I'm trying to see when it was you're actually on here. Uh, I guess it's further back than I thought. Good grief, time flies by. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, April 12th. Good grief. We're in June. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, it's we do a I have seven recordings for our show this week. So everything is just a blur for me. Between that, been updating our our website, getting that all updated, so it's everything just runs together all the time for me anymore. So this is actually really relaxing coming on someone else's <laughs> show. I just have to show up. Just have to show up and talk. Yeah, it's a lot a lot easier. <laughs> do you do you do other podcasts often or i used to when we when we first started doing the show our show it was it's we're about three and a half years in right now and uh i would do I, i'd be a guest like maybe once or twice a month on other shows uh because my schedule is still i was still figuring out how to schedule everything out back then and uh yeah i would, I would do guest shows on a lot of the time i'd People would reach out to me and be like, hey, come on our show. We'd be happy to have you on. And I'd go into it not having any idea what I was doing, what I was talking about some of the times. And I'd get in over my head. But even so, it's, it's I don't know. I'm happy to be back guesting on a show. I'm hoping to do more. Because like I said, it is a lot more relaxing. You just have to show up and talk as opposed to worry about, oh, is the audio sound okay? How am I going to edit this later? How am I going to handle any sponsorships or anything like that? Doing ad reads. So it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's nice and easy this way. <laughs> nice. Yeah, didn't you say you did some podcast where you didn't know enough or something? <laughs> yeah, it was. I oh, I feel bad now. I can't remember the name of the show. But yeah, I was on it. They were doing um, like a debate whether or not uh, like vegetarian versus like meat eating meat. Oh, and I was supposed to be like the neutral, and they're asking me questions about stuff, and you know, I was just providing like layman's uh information like oh this is my personal experience with it and they were showing up with like sources and research papers and whatnot and it was uh <laughs> i definitely felt way out of place <laughs> oh yeah because you said like they expected you to know 
in detail stuff. Next thing we have details, statistics, like references. <laughs> I was like, the reference is me. I li- used to live right next to a farm. <laughs> yeah, like, well, as someone who has eaten meat and also vegetables. <laughs> I try and eat them both. Uh, you know, yeah. and uh, sometimes I eat too much bacon and sometimes I don't eat enough vegetables. That's my input on it. Yeah, I felt really out of place there. It was uh, it was a little embarrassing, but I don't mind embarrassing. It's it's entertaining for me. There are times, even even in my professional life outside of podcasting and, and online, uh, I'm very I don't mind like awkward scenarios. I find it hilarious because you never know how people are going to react to it. You'll go into a scenario, you'll say something, and not not even that it's like a an off putting thing, but just like small talk in general. Sometimes people get they don't know where to go with it. And so you just sit there and you just keep talking and put asking more and more questions, just leading them on and seeing how far you can get the conversation to go before they realize they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, like I've never really been able to do that. Like that's kind of a thing that some um, it's like a form of comedy or like something people do. Sure. With, I don't know youtube or whatever like oh, i'm gonna do this prank and like yeah. you know. <laughs> i don't yeah i i i remember watching this is years ago now like prank videos and stuff like that nowadays i feel like it's this is a bullying video or it's set up it's one or the other i feel like yeah. a lot of these pranks you, there's no real pranks anymore um but yeah back in the days i'd consider that but like i don't i don't want to harass people i don't want to bully people and i also don't want to fake it yeah so it's yeah, no, I I just I like seeing how far you can lead a conversation on generally. Just seeing how far you can push it, not in an offensive way either. Just just an awkward from an awkward perspective. It's always kind of entertaining. Just seeing where people's lines are before you go. All right, it's it's fine. Don't worry about it. And you walk away. <laughs> you have to give them an out. But yeah, how yeah. How, uh, how many episodes into your show are you here? Curious. Uh, like. 164 160. maybe oh, okay you're close yeah you're close to, to where we're at like i said i did 179 just uh about an hour ago so we're getting there like i said by the end of this week we'll have what 184 episodes recorded oh, so cool. we'll, we'll be getting close like i said three and a half years in every every anniversary we hit i get less and less excited for an anniversary episode because they always demand bigger and better and like, i don't <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I'm not a celebrity. Five, especially for like the weird anniversaries. The one year anniversary was like, all right, we'll get a bunch of the guests back. Yeah. It makes sense. Then two, three, and four, I'm like, I don't think these are landmark anniversaries. Five will be more entertaining. We did, yeah, our one year and then our uh, 100th episode were the ones we did that were more spectacle. That being said. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I think I only jokingly did those like oh it's my 100th episode mm-hmm. but yeah uh so you do them like once a week they release once a week my recording schedule for it is all over the place um like i said this week we have seven and that'll get oh, us wow. scheduled out for a bit we do that from time to time whether it'll be either be uh a lot of times I try and keep it at least one in advance, like, or one in the bucket. You know, like if, if episode 150 was coming out this week, I'd have hoped to have episode 151 recorded already. 
that way in case i have a scheduling conflict i don't have to worry about trying to figure out last minute how to make it work so i don't miss it i haven't oh, missed yeah. any i haven't missed any weeks so far so i'm hoping to keep it that way so by scheduling a bunch out in advance it's it's a nice and convenient safety net um but yeah it's it, i don't know there's been times where we've come close to to missing a week but we haven't yet and I'm, i i don't know i like having that consistency yeah it's sort of I like think I only like habit. Yeah, yeah. You said you like record them in advance, and I don't really yeah. do that. I mean, I probably <laughs> should, but one reason was I was like, well, I might miss something, a current topic I want to talk about, but I don't that's always the only talk thing. about those. Yeah, yeah. It's the only issue we have sometimes. We do discuss current topics sometimes, especially if it's closer to the release date. But we have so many guests on where the topics that we cover are their content, their growth, and just kind of what their career trajectory is, whether it be, you know, a content creator or someone in like, you know, a writer or film producer or whatever. Um, so it's not necessarily topical. We don't have to have a, you know, a fast release date for it. Um, yeah. If we do have a, someone come on that is topical, I'll just adjust the release schedule. It doesn't really affect anyone since nothing that they're talking about generally is too time pressing yeah uh yeah i guess yeah having guests it would be trickier to uh do you have people cancel much or yeah it happens so i think it's a combination of like the schedule just being tight sometimes and i think there's a i wouldn't say this happens often but i feel like there's probably a couple of times where people just get cold feet you know, maybe it's their first time guesting on another show and they're not really, I mean, when you do it yourself, it's you sitting in a room talking, especially if it's a solo show, it's just you talking to a microphone. You're not getting any feedback immediately. Right. Yeah. But if you're on someone else's show, it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm nervous. Like, I don't know how this other person's going to be. I don't know if they're like how their audience is going to be. It, you can, I can see how it could be a lot more self-conscious about it. And, uh, that's part of why we do audio only most of the time. I feel like it helps relax people a bit more, especially with yeah. the buffer at the beginning. I think generally uh, I try to do a couple minutes beforehand where it's like, Hey, just ease up. It's fine. Don't need to worry about it. I can edit it if we need to, you know, we're just going to have a conversation. It's nothing to worry about. Um, and I think it yeah. helps relax people most of the time. And then uh, as opposed to, Hey, you're on camera, look your best. If you're concerned about it, <laughs> I feel like that's the major hurdle people would probably have coming on a, a show is if they're not used to it being on camera. I don't care either way. There's nothing I can do to make myself look better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Plus, it's like, yeah, it's a conversational thing. It's not like you're like, mm -hmm. all right. All right. And then you start like interrogating them. <laughs> yeah. I, I have always tried to make it more conversational. There's been a couple of them where, they are more professional than us in the sense of like, here's some topics we want to cover. Can you send us a list of questions you're going to ask? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. If that's what you want, that's fine. And it is a bit more regimented. And even then, I try and forcibly get it to go, not necessarily off the rails, but more into like the conversational side of things because it's, I think more often than not, it's easier to listen to when it's a conversation as opposed to a strict interview. Yeah, uh, I think interviews work well for print, which might not make sense for an audio podcast. But a lot of times you'll see if you like read interviews online, 
um, you'll see like the person speaking is in uh, like normal font and then the, the person answering the questions is in bold. And those are just transcripts of actual conversations they're having. I think recording in that way is, is easy for inter it's easier for interview style to get information from people. But I think it's easier to get an idea of who the person is and, you know, how they are as a person and uh, just get a feel for them when it's more of a conversation as opposed to them trying to come up with answers quickly and appease the uh, interviewer. Yeah, some of those really high production, I guess I'm thinking of like NPR or something, but there's other yeah. podcasts too where it's like super high production. It almost sounds like they could have each question could have been edited like yeah. <laughs> they cut yeah, out every little conversational thing. And then I think it just... depends what you're going for too. It depends what you're yeah. looking for. I mean, for us, it's more entertainment. Obviously with like, enter, uh, educating the audience at times, if, if that's what the guest is interested in, you know, when we have, uh, Phil Arkansas was a film producer we had on owner of our arc media. They do like B movies essentially. And that was more educational than laid back conversation. But that was also because I, I, I was like, this is a good opportunity to educate people on how films are produced, like what goes into it, why they do some things as opposed to others and things like that. I was like, this is the perfect opportunity to educate people as opposed to just having a laid back conversation. Um, there have been you know other guests that are like that as far as like uh, paramedics and things. Um, so I think it. it you can walk a you can walk a fine line with it sometimes. You keep it entertaining while also being educational, and you just got to know when to push it one way or another. Uh, and then obviously when we have content creators on, it's uh, it's more focused on the entertainment as opposed to the educational side of it. But it depends what the the person's into. I try to make it more about the uh, the guest than the overarching uh, narrative that our our show is, which is just entertainment focused with the uh ridiculous fantasy themed description story <laughs> oh yeah <clears throat> so did you start the podcast like i just want to have on anyone who's like a creator or something it was I, like, I don't know what it was like when you first started yours but we did it was three of us originally it was myself my friend kyle and uh another guy we knew called frost and we recorded three like test runs episodes which we weren't going to release we just recorded three of them just to see the setup and how it was going to work out and everything and uh it went terribly to say the least <laughs> they were they were playing minecraft at the same time so i it was me sitting at my computer recording everything in like i mean i didn't have the same setup i have now i was living in a different place and uh yeah they were playing minecraft while i'm like professionally as best i can trying to run a podcast and i'd be like bringing up conversations you know topics and things like that and they'd be talking about mining for diamonds <laughs> and so it, it didn't go exceptionally well and then we uh i think we got into it thinking oh we'll just have like a laid-back conversation and the issue i had with that was like well why would anyone listen to that we're we're not famous so people have no inherent reason to want to listen to us um and so i was like we need to you know reach out to people we know that do interesting things as well and and try and meet interesting people and talk to talk to them and so that's when i started reaching out to you know people we knew we got paramedics on um we got i reached out on reddit youtube twitter anywhere i could could find people and uh just reached out to them contacted them tried to get them to come on the show and you know it's worked out 
100 and roughly 100 well yeah 180 episodes we have a uh, 179 main episodes and we've had the uh, i don't remember which one episode 132 and a half or something we've had stuff like that little special one-off episodes we've done oh yeah um, which is annoying for the sake of like publishing them because you'll you'll go through like itunes podcast or something or apple podcast and try and find it and it's just not in the right place and it's doing special episodes is a pain as far as uh organizing them but yeah having guests come on is a great way to keep things fresh if it's just me sitting there every week nobody would want to listen to me i don't have i don't have nearly enough stuff going on in my life to to just chat about as opposed to having a unique fresh take on every single week for the most part yeah yeah i mean i think i sort of talked about it on your podcast but it was Mm -hmm. like a sort of an extension because i was doing stand up and i was like Mm -hmm. well i had listened to you know stuff like bill burr's podcast and stuff like that yeah and um i'm actually not that into listening to podcasts with guests every time it's only if i like Mm -hmm. the guests like uh but yeah now i try to at least kind of look into current things that i'll talk Mm -hmm. about so at least i can say (laughs) because like when people used to ask like what's your podcast about i would be like uh it does sound not at all interesting (laughs) to say (laughs) i just talk about (laughs) it's weird trying to explain to people like what your podcast is about like even on ours i'm like all right where do i begin with this like when i was updating our website i was like what do i even put here at this point and it yeah i just tell people it's a variety podcast where we chat with people on every end of the spectrum about everything and uh just try and keep it as interesting as possible trying to have as many uh unique takes as possible and uh yeah it's i don't know it's, it's interesting it's also weird like uh going back and listening to it like everyone i don't listen to our podcast very often i go back and i listen to them to edit them uh yeah. but it's super rare that i'll Oh, like go onto my phone while I'm driving to work or something and put on my own podcast. I'm like, this is creepy. I'm hearing myself come out of my car speakers. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, that is, uh, for some reason, I, I can listen fine when it's just me. But when I talk to someone, I'm like, uh, I don't want to listen. <laughs> uh, but that was more like people I know thought it was weird, too. They were like, I'll listen to your podcast and I'll like start responding. Like I'm talking to you. (laughs) Uh, It's funny watching people who aren't not necessarily older, but like people who are not as familiar with podcasts or like the formatting of it, watching them get into it. Uh, I might've mentioned this when you were on the show as well. I know I've mentioned it on, on the show, like people, my immediate like family and stuff like that, getting into podcasting and thinking they're like, the first person to do it almost or it's like oh i found this new cutting edge thing called podcasting i'm like oh okay yeah yeah doing that and it's like oh and then another person getting into it, i'm like it's like oh we're doing this thing called podcast i'm like it's happening <laughs> it's happening people the, the memes are right everyone has a podcast yeah. now i'm part of the problem it's yeah it's i don't know it's it's weird and then i'm very much to the myself like i separate like my online life like from you know, Digest Productions, I separated a lot from my, my personal life then. And so it's weird, like, hearing family members talk about something that I, you know, I do. 
and uh, like listen to them talk about like the challenges of marketing it and trying to get new people. I'm like, I can help you with that, but I'd rather not dive in deep on why I have all this information and you know why I'm so <laughs> experienced with a lot of it. Um, thankfully, it helps the fact that I you know I work in marketing full time as a career. It's a, yeah. it's a good fallback excuse. <laughs> Because the last thing I need is my family to start listening to my podcast and having <laughs> questions about it, especially since we've made mocking my sister a real tentpole topic on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. It's it's um it's been an interesting experience uh, just watching um, a lot of the growth of the people I've worked with from the start, how their content has changed, how our own content has changed. I mean. When I start out at a Blue Yeti microphone, I have this now, I have the Shure SM7B, I've updated my audio interface, new computers, new monitors, I've moved, you know, just updating everything. And uh, it's when you're trying to figure it out yourself, you you have to learn a lot of new skills and it's, it really helps you grow. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's just really interesting, like looking back, like, oh, I didn't know how to do any of this back then for the most part. And it's, I don't know, it's been an interesting experience. I don't know if you've recognized any change in your skill set or interest in starting your show because of doing the show. Uh, yeah, I guess about, um, yeah, well, just recently about like the, I guess I didn't know how, um, doing video can kind of, you need a good computer. <laughs> yeah, it can. Yeah. Yeah, we did, uh, especially with streaming, when I was doing Twitch a lot more, trying, I'd, I'd be able to record it from like the Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, fine. And then we tried switching to playing PC games and watching as the streams just refused to work at that point. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I need to upgrade my computer. I can barely run Among Us. This is a problem. <laughs> and uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, like, uh, <clears throat> Mine was just like shutting down all of a sudden. There was no sign of uh, like slowing down. It would just shut off, <laughs> yeah. which was worse, actually. <laughs> yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah, I would, at least I on my end, it would be like, oh, I'm dropping frames. And it's like stuttering, yeah. whatever. I can I can work with this. I can figure out a solution. If your computer just shuts off, there's no warning. You can't tell the audience, hey, this is about to happen. It's just done. Yeah, I don't have it in here. I bought a new gaming laptop, actually. Just got it in on Thursday. Friday, I guess it was. So I'm like getting stuff set up for that as well. Because the computer I have now is actually a gaming computer, but it's I don't really play a lot of games on it for the most part. It's just designed to be able to run everything I need for the show. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, uh, I sort of knew a little... Well, I knew about audio recording because I uh, went to... <laughs> That's what I majored in kind of at, at uh, Bloomsburg University. Mm. We um, talked about that on the show, yeah. Hey, you you yeah. mentioned going there, and I was like, no way. This guy knows about <laughs> this place. This place in the middle of nowhere? Yeah. It's... Yeah, it was... It was uh... Yeah, well, I mean, my job now is because of my graduate degree. Um, mm. Audio recording, even when I went, which was before 2010... Or that's when I graduated, but uh, yeah, like it still was. I mean, yeah, audio like 
the music industry was <laughs> kind of going on the downhill slope then. Yeah. So it's kind of was a dream job, even though you get a degree in it or whatever. But at least I went to a college, not like a just recording school, which was like really expensive. And it's just a, you don't really get a degree. You don't get much out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know I mentioned when you were on the show too, like I when I was graduating high school, going into college, I had no idea what it was I wanted to do. And looking back at it, I'm like, that's probably the best thing that could have happened is not just sticking it out for four years, getting a degree in something I had no interest in, actively hated as far as like the computer coding went, programming. Oh my God, I would have lost my mind if that was my full-time <laughs> job right now. On top of having all that debt to pay off, like, oh, at least yeah. I hate my job, get to pay off the, the degree as well. That would have been miserable. But yeah, it's weird. Like I like even now, like I, I feel like I learned so much better just being self-taught. And just the the resources you have nowadays, I feel like are a lot different. I feel yeah. like going to college isn't as necessary for a lot of things. I mean, how often can you just go on YouTube and figure out how to solve something in like 10 minutes? You don't need to go to school to learn how to I mean, you could do that for other things anyway, but you know for computer programming in general, like our coding, I'll use coding as an example. You can just go on a chat GPT and ask it to <laughs> create a line of code for you and plug it in. But back in the day, it'd be like, oh, go to school, learn how to code in Java. That'll never grow out of style. And uh, <laughs> it'll be set. Now I just look up on my bookshelf. I've got my big Java book up there. You can almost, you can almost see it up there. In the very, uh, <laughs> right there. Yeah, it's... I don't know why I still have that. It's literally useless at this point. But. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really do code. Well, my graduate degree, they did a like HTML class. Mm. And my first job was they we did some action script and JavaScript a little bit. And even yeah. that little bit was like, I can't do this. This is like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's people that are good at math can do it well. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I, it it's weird. It's like on like right now, like on one hand, it's like, oh, it's just gibberish. But on the other hand, it's like, oh, I recognize some of this, at least I can understand what it's supposed to do. I couldn't tell you how it does it, but I understand what it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'll leave that to the more professionally inclined website developers and whatnot. I'm happy to just use Squarespace or, you know, <laughs> any other web developer or anything like that. Just, I can't be bothered with the coding. If I need something, I'll just Google it, ChatGPT, whatever. It's so much easier. <laughs> but yeah, so you went there. You said you you left Bloomsburg, and then yeah, I was, did you take I, marketing uh, somewhere else? Or I went uh, when I was in high school. I took summer classes. I went to uh, NC State. I was going there for graphic. I was taking graphic design class. Uh, then I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to do this. Uh, I, I mean, even to this day, I still enjoy design and things like that. But I like doing it on my own terms, you know, like if I had to yeah. sit there and, and do, you know, make a logo for a company just because that's my job. I don't think I'd enjoy it. I like having the creative freedom as opposed to being boxed in like this is what we need you to do. Um, I did that. Uh, took a class on human biology at, NC, at UNC. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll do like you know, something with the, you know, medical field or something. Couldn't be bothered to do that. Realized very quickly. I, 
I feel like in the medical professional field, you just have no life more often than not. Yeah. It seems. Just based on people I know, uh, just how busy they are all the time. And I'm sure I'm completely wrong about it. They still have lives. But I just, I don't know. It's not what I want to do. I don't like the idea of being on call. Things like that. Uh, so yeah, then I went to, to Bloomsburg just because it was uh, a hometown school. And I uh, went for uh, computer, uh, yes, it was a computer programming. I forgot what the actual uh, course was called then. Um, computer science, that's what it was. Oh. And uh, I, yeah, it was there for a semester. And I was like, this just, it's not working out. It's not what I want to do. It's not worth me investing my time and money in, into being here if I'm not going to be happy. And I don't really know exactly what it is I want to do. So I left and went to work for a, a nearby university. And while I was there, I educated myself on marketing and got a career in marketing going. That's what I've been doing since. I don't know how it worked out. Somehow it has. I'm happy with it. <laughs> Do you think that's helped uh, you promote the podcast? And uh, yeah, for sure. It's. I think. I think. Uh, kind of going back to the beginning of it, I think having those different ex different experiences at the different universities and realizing, you know, what it is I'm interested in, knowing how to keep the balance of work and and hobby to an extent, like. It's like uh, when I was Twitch streaming, for example, I enjoyed doing that at first. And then very quickly, I was like, oh, this is sucking the fun out of streaming and uh, just playing video games in general when it becomes a, you know, uh, <laughs> like 48, 50 hour a week job. It's oh, not yeah. quite as entertaining. Uh, so, yeah, like realizing like, oh, how I want to keep some of that stuff separate was was eye opening. Um, but then, yeah, like. I think it taught me a work ethic having not gone to school and just kind of making those connections, being forced to make those connections myself and teach myself and learning how to balance work and, and life was important because I had to work a full-time job to, to get by because I wasn't, wasn't in school. So I got a job and, hmm. you know, taught myself outside of that. So balancing a lot of that taught me a work ethic. And I think that's helped a lot as far as, I mean, I mentioned it on the podcast I just recorded earlier, you know, even still it's, it's hard to manage, you know, life and, and podcasting and the brand and everything like that. Still, it's a lot of work. Uh, but having that strong work, work ethic as the background is, is super important. I think that's what provided it to me, especially since I started when I was in high school, I worked a bunch of crappy jobs, worked at like a grocery store. And then I went to a dollar general. I was like, man, these are, these are horrible. These companies are terrible to work for. They they don't care about you at all. Um, and so just realizing, like, it taught me an appreciation for the people that do those jobs. I feel like a lot of times those people are really underappreciated as well. You know, you go into that yeah. store and you just think, oh, some person that couldn't hold a real job. It's like, there's probably a good chance that they're just trying to get by. They don't have the, the means to go to school or whatever. Like, there's a bunch of people that work those careers where, you know, they have kids and they don't have time to go to night classes while working a full-time job while being a parent. You know, it just, it gives you an appreciation for a lot of those, those types of jobs makes you, makes you treat them a little bit better maybe, but it's certainly yeah. helped me in my professional and personal life then too, to balance everything and keep working towards improving myself and my career and help take care of the people around me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I used to have a lot of those, retail jobs um 
And yeah, I guess at some point. Yeah. And, but I was also like, uh, you know, in bands with my brother and Mm -hmm. for a little while I was like, the band's going to make it. (laughs) And, uh, and then I was just thinking that maybe that ties into like, cause I was the same way. Like I didn't know exactly. I did go to, I went to, well, me and my brother went to community college first and then I went away to Bloomsburg. Um, but yeah, I didn't exactly know. That's why I did the recording because I was like, "Well, I did music." Yeah. But yeah, then I was like, other countries. Like I've sometimes you talk to people from like another country that came here, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, we just know exactly <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> from like third grade we are preparing." <laughs> In America, we're just like, maybe my band's gonna get somewhere. I feel like the way a lot of their schools are structured could be different as well, where it's more geared towards career and life development. Or I feel like yeah. ours is teaching you uh, how I feel like ours is based around teaching you how to learn as opposed to how to succeed necessarily. Like, I don't know. It's like for it's very different depending on what school you go to. Even like talking to my girlfriend when she was in high school, it was they learned a lot of different stuff than we did. And we're like 45 minutes away, an hour away. Uh. and uh yeah it's you know like just based on like my experience in high school was you know just learning you know like math taking math classes english classes science whatever just the generic high school type classes it didn't really prepare you for life in general whereas i feel like a lot of you know overseas a lot of them might be more geared towards that teaching you hey you know what what are you looking at going into you can take classes geared towards that career path maybe and it gives you a bit more time and experience in that field to really figure out if that's what you want to go into after you graduate or not. Yeah. Um, like I would have really appreciated it in school, like having a class for, you know, filing taxes, figuring out how to put together a resume, apply for jobs and interviews and stuff like that. That's stuff you never, we never learned in school. And I don't know if that was your experience or not, but that sort of stuff is super important. And just, we had no education on it whatsoever. Yeah. Well, when I was a senior, I did a half day like work co-op thing where you. Oh, I know, what you're talking about. I know what you mean. Yeah. But. Well, I guess it helped with, I don't know, they tried to give interview tips, maybe resume, but okay. still wasn't. A, but still, I went to college, took all these loans out <laughs> yeah, and uh, kind of just was like, I'm going to go to a way to call. Like it was more mm-hmm. like I'm just going. It just and seemed like I'll that was the path it. to take. It was like, oh, yeah. of course, I'll graduate high school and go to college. Yeah, I just thought, I kind of was like, I'll just work in an office or something boring. Yeah. It's not <laughs> McDonald's. But <laughs> uh, yeah, there's tons of life skills they don't, they should t- teach kids. But uh, like, I, it is baffling me, like filing taxes. To me, it's like unbelievably easy for the most part. We've had to do filing taxes for the business side of stuff for the dentist productions. Oh yeah. Is a nightmare. <laughs> that part is a nightmare. Like person like before I dealt with dentist productions, like filing my personal taxes was so easy. And I was like, I couldn't understand why people had a hard time with it. But then at the same time, it's like, oh, there are probably people that don't have the resources to utilize people they know that can help them with it. Like I can see how it could be confusing. It's weird that we have to file our taxes to begin with. You don't do that in all the other countries. You just get a thing on the mail saying, hey, this is how much you paid in taxes. This is where your money went to. 
But yeah, I did just find out recently that's not that old of a, or that's sort of still new that they randomly were like, oh, we're paying taxes now. Yeah. And that they use like Disney characters to <laughs> explain it to people or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like filing taxes, like I said, like creating a resume, like that's one of the most important things you can do for yourself is have a good resume, help you get a career, like have the resume and then obviously be able to sit there and do the interview. Like it, it's so weird to me, like that that's not an important part of like the educational process of like, not, I think most people can figure out like, oh, here's literally what a resume is and how to fill it out. But like making it look even somewhat professional, yeah. you know, how often do you, I mean, working in a position where like I, I've hired people, I don't know how many resumes I've got where it's like, oh, you know, this is, you know, my, I'll make up the thing. Like I worked in retail. It's like, you know, I stock shelves and I did this and whatever. It's like telling people what you did for your job isn't as important as telling people what your accomplishments were on a resume. Like if you work yeah. in sales saying like, oh, I made outbound sales calls and you know, I, I, I'll just use my own example, you know, made outbound sales calls, sold advertisement, you know, you could put that on resume or you could, you know, step it up and be like, Hey, you know, I increased, you know, our revenue by 15% last, you know, over the course of this month and over the course of my tenure here, we increased it by 125%. You know, I organized our sales and was able to increase, you know, customer retention by 20%. Like, having the accomplishments on your resume is so much more important than just saying what your tasks were. Cause it's just, it doesn't mean you did your job. Well, if you're just putting that down, it just says what you were asked to do. Yeah. Yeah. It did take me forever to learn that. Like not till I was in college and looked into it, but yeah, yeah I used to put, I mean, when you're just doing those crap, shitty retail jobs, yeah, I don't think it's as important then. But if you're trying to like get a more quote unquote professional job or you know, yeah. whatever, it's it's a bit more important because it helps you stand out from the people that they would look at as being, oh, this is just somebody who might not necessarily be as qualified. Um, yeah, and then, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Um, well, I mean, I used to put, and I don't know where I learned this, but it was just like I had a skills section, but it was just mm -hmm. generic like communication. And oh like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm reliable and it's all like i don't know and then yeah some at some point i saw like oh put things you've done at the job <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i know mine was like <laughs> i had updated mine not terribly long ago um and uh, i forget what i i had put on it and it was but i, I know chat gpt was starting to get bigger and i was like oh i'll just put coding down i can do computer coding and it's like, I use ChatGPT to do it. It'll make the code form. it I'll put that down as a skill. Why not? Uh, but yeah, and for the most part, it's, it's stuff like that. Where it's like, yeah, I'm, I have a marketing background. Now. I'll put that down. You know, ad sales, Google ads, Facebook ads, like stuff like that. That's actually relevant. And it is vital to, especially smaller businesses, to help them grow. Having a, like a marketing and advertising background is, uh, is super helpful for uh, trying to get a career. I know a lot of people, the, the hardest part for them is even if they do apply for a job and get asked for an interview is the awkward interview stage where you go in and your people are nervous and they don't know how to to handle it and they're just sitting there sweating or clamming up yeah. their hands and whatever. And uh, I do not have that problem. I'll go in and just <laughs> run my mouth until they've heard enough and 
either offer it to me or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, because I used to just like try to memorize the right answers mm. and it, yeah, really never helped. I mean, yeah. just probably being, I don't know <laughs> if you're good. I don't think I'm good at it. Do you just kind of like be yourself? What's that? I think it helps if you like research the company a bit, like where I'm working yeah. now. I knew nothing about them. I knew nothing about like the types of products they they put together or anything like that. And so I was like, all right, let me look into them. Let me do some research. And I'm not talking like I'm sitting there for hours or anything. It's like 20 minutes. I go on their website. I look over the stuff. I write a couple notes down on my notebook. I'm just like, all right, I'll keep these things in mind in during the, the interview. And I just refer to it. And I think it it helps having the information, but I think it also shows them like, oh, they took the this person took the initiative. They at least put some effort into, you know, investigating us and actually getting an idea of, you know, what we are like as a company. And it shows that you at least have, you care enough to do that, which I think stands out amongst the majority of other people that might be applying for that job. I mean, in, in my case, I had, I was fortunate in that I didn't even apply for it. They just reached out to me oh, uh, directly. Yeah. They saw my resume on Indeed and reached out to me. I was like, oh, did the work for me? Okay, sure. Why not? Give it a shot. But yeah, I yeah. think doing the research helps just having some information about them. So you don't go in there completely blind as to what it is you're applying for. Yeah. I mean, then if I'm looking for jobs now, I basically just look to see if the company has too many woke, <laughs> too much woke <laughs> language in the description. There was like, a, oh, God, sorry. I was gonna say there was a position I had I had looked at. I never even applied for it, but I don't know if woke was the right word for it. But it was just like, oh, they were. I guess I guess that would be there. You know, we try and be as diverse as possible, and this and that. And it was just they were too. I don't want to say too open minded, but I think you get understand what I'm saying. Where it's just like we want to make sure we're treating everyone like with this much respect. We have like these that like they had like it seemed like their whole work culture was based around let's go out of our way to like uh, have like extra meetings talking about diversity and stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm glad you're open-minded about it. I'm glad you're like trying to like take care of your employees, but I'm also just here to get it, you know, to make money and grow myself and <laughs> have my career. Like I'm not here to take diversity lessons every day. Yeah. That's you base. I mean, yeah, basically it's like, Okay, many companies kind of just have that now because it's seen as necessary. But and then other ones, you're like, okay, there's no getting around this with this <laughs> company. You know, it'll be like a struggle session when we. <laughs> yeah, like I said, uh, there's a there's a fine line to walk between a lot of it, where it's like, yeah, you should, you know, you don't want to just sit there and like prevent people from working for you just because you don't like who they are as a person based on whatever personality trait or whatever. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, let's not make our entire company culture based around, you know, diversity and everything like that. It, it's, we're here to work and get a job done. Yeah. Hire the best people for the job. That's all it should be about for the most part. Yeah. So you have, so like dead Jester is a, you're like the CEO. Yeah. We, uh, like I said, we had three people for a while. No. Um, I had a couple of artists on and uh, editors on retainer. And uh, I had still work. I have them uh, where I still reach out to them and put them in contact with other content creators. 
Um, but I don't have any actual employees at this point, which is fine. I'm, I'm happy with it being me. I've, I mentioned on the show record earlier where we've just been refocusing everything. I still have a part-time co-host in Klaus. He's on every other show roughly. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I've, I've been refocusing a lot. So it's, it's a lot of mainly focusing on the podcast and then the, I call it the partner, the Dedris Productions partner program, which is where I work with other content creators to help them grow their, their platforms and, you know, help learn, help them learn how to market themselves. And, uh, as opposed to doing it for them, it's more of a educational sort of program where it's teaching them the skills they need to do it. So they don't rely on me to do it for them. Cause oh. I feel like, I feel like it's better that way. I don't want to teach people to rely on me. I feel like that's a, kind of a parasitic relationship where it's hey give me money i'll i'll deal with your problems for you but you'll never be able to get out of the cycle and do it yourself i'd rather them learn how to do it themselves and be able to grow themselves and learn how to you know rely on themselves as opposed to somebody else and i, I think it'll help them grow that way so it's it's me focusing on on all of it myself right now doing all the back end work and i still maintain the contacts for all the artists and editors and things like that even if they don't directly work for me at this point still keep in touch they're still happy to work with all the people i i work with so yeah do you think so you started when you started were you like come on guys like you were the most into doing a podcast out of the four <laughs> yeah it was i don't want to sit here and pretend like i did everything myself because that's just not true um I think all all three of us at the same time were sort of like, oh yeah, we'll do a podcast. That's fine, whatever. Um, I was, it was even on that front. I was the one with the know how to do it and actually make it a thing. Um, but I don't, like I said, I'm not going to take credit and pretend like it was all my idea. What was me was the website, you know, the the branding of it, and you know, getting the merchandise and stuff. Like I'm the, I'm very much the the business minded side of of all of it at the start. They were very much the we want to make content. How do we do it? Sort of thing, which is perfectly fine. I mean, if that eased it up on me a lot because I could just do the job and then all I didn't have to focus on, you know, like managing other people or anything like that at the time. I could just have them come in, record the content and handle it on my end. And generally speaking, the recording of the content is a lot longer of a process because when you think about like Twitch, for example, when we were doing Twitch streaming on Twitch and then uploading to YouTube, it's like eight hours of Twitch recording to get 20 minutes of YouTube content because we're cutting it down, taking the best parts. Oh, yeah. so it's like, so like having them do a lot of the streams and the, uh, all that sort of content was great for me. Cause it's like, I don't have to sit around for six to eight hours and record everything. It's like, I can just come up, show up to the podcast and just edit everything on my own terms outside of that. Um, but yeah, so like I said, when we launched the podcast, I knew, all right, this is when episode one is coming out. And so I had the website launch at the same time. We had merchandise launch at the same time, podcast come out, um, like socials and everything like that. Like it was just a, everything started right at once. It was all worked on in advance, but had everything launched at the exact same time and just get the ball rolling. So we hit the ground, hit the ground running. Um, since then, like I said, they've, my two original co-hosts have left. They've gone on to, for different reasons, the, for the one left uh, pretty early on. Uh, it just, he, just, he was not interested in doing it at all. Wasn't committed at all. And I was like, whatever. 
I'm not going to yeah. hate on him for it. It's fine. Um, then my other co-host, Kyle, left a uh, year and a half ago now, roughly, maybe something like that. Uh, he just had stuff coming up in his personal life he wanted to focus on. Then after that, he realized he was happier not having to deal with the commitment of you know the brand and everything. So he's a lot happier now. I'm happy for him. And yeah. uh, so I've just been I've been rolling along, taking uh, taking uh, you know everything as it comes. Yeah, like the uh, so the name and the uh, descriptions you do is it kind of like uh, I don't know. I guess it reminds me of like role playing games or something. I don't know. Yeah, was it that was, from if you go back? So like to give people insight, like the description for every one of our podcast episodes is part of like a broader like fantasy themed story like medieval fantasy and uh i guess dungeons and dragons to an extent even though i've never played dungeons and dragons but it's that style of fantasy yeah. like high fantasy i guess they'd call it um it started out very basic or like i forget what episode one is but it's like oh our heroes you know embark on their journey they talk about this and that was it it was like one or two sentences and then over time it evolved into like I forget, like episode 100, I think is like 11 to 12 paragraphs. If you go on Apple Podcasts, you can't even read the whole thing. It was a mess, but I, I'm like, I enjoy typing it out. I enjoy the story of it. So like now I've cut back a bit where it's like two or three paragraphs maybe. But yeah, it's it's literally like a few different characters. Completely irrelevant to the actual podcast. It has nothing to do with it. It's just it's just there because I enjoy it. I think it's it's the one thing that ties every episode together. Uh, you know, it's the overarching plot relevant to the actual podcast itself, but it's the overarching part that connects every episode. And it's just, yeah, it's these characters in a, a fantasy setting making their way. They uh, uh, meet up with some allies along the way and they're growing. And, you know, we're right now we're getting close to a uh, another major like plot point in it. I suppose you could say there's been a, a couple. There's a, uh, I won't spoil it. If people want to go back and, and read through them. I'm working on combining it into an actual like short story. Oh, so yeah. it's a little bit easier for cool. people to read. It's a bit of a pain based on the way it started because I have to fill in a lot of the gaps and I have to make it a bit easier to read since it's it won't be like in a podcast description format. But uh yeah, so are you doing a, go ahead. did you have an overall when you started doing it, like in a or were you like the show lost where they said at first they were just not expecting it to keep going and then <laughs> at first the first i forget how long first number you know 10 12 episodes or whatever were sort of like that and then you can tell like if you go back and look at the earlier episodes you can tell when i first started putting effort into the descriptions and uh but yeah then after a while i was like okay okay i know what i want to do with this to an extent i mean it's it's not like i have a an end point in mind by any means but i have like story points that i want to hit on and it all feeds back. Like I do a lot of writing outside of the Dedris Productions brand. Like I do actual like writing, yeah. and the podcast description story is essentially like a side plot. It runs parallel to the story that I write in my personal life, like on in my personal writing rather. So it fits into the same world, but it's uh <laughs> has nothing to do with it. It's still a little thing, but like, I do make references between the two, like a. Uh... A flash sideways was now <laughs> they called it in lost like they had you might be right yeah i'm trying to remember yeah it's it's like uh imagine having like uh the justice league and like their movie and they're fighting dealing with the the villain and everything 
and then you have the side character who are like the Manhattan police trying to stop a bank robbery that's in progress while all the heroes are fighting oh, Superman. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the main plot, but it's happening. It's also going on. That's sort of like the podcast description stories are. They're a bit more uh, extravagant at times, but it's that's how it is, it is in the relation to like the, the main story that I write. But yeah, it's I don't know. It's It's been fun watching it all grow and uh, seeing how it's changed over time. It's excuse me it's it started out a lot more organic it's gotten a lot i don't want to say it's gotten a lot more business focused i mean it has to an extent with the partner program which is sort of like a business to an extent but it's still very laid back but i've gotten a lot more professional focused i think is a better way of putting it it's a lot more professional focused professional centric information based where it's centered around the podcast more as opposed to being really spread out over the podcast, Twitch, YouTube, and everything like that. We've just yeah. narrowed it down, made it more refined, and that's uh, that's how we're working on right now. Yeah, so the partner thing, that's not like the... Uh, sometimes I'll get emails like, we'll help grow your podcast to this many people, and I'm like, how are you going to guarantee that they listen? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the thing. I mentioned it. I mentioned it oh, on yeah. our show a lot, too, where it's like I can help people. Like I can give them the tools they need in order to promote their stuff but i always make a point like like i'll say like i'll use and I, this is the example i used on our show was youtube where it's like i can help you set it up so you have the best possible opportunity to like come up better in results but i'm not going to guarantee you the top result i'm not going to guarantee you views or anything like that i can't do that that's not how it works no one can do that but i can guarantee that you're in the best possible position to attempt to do that um and so like that's sort of what we're we're going for is to give people the tools they need in order to do as well as they can and then think of it like a, a retail store right if you're selling clothing i can get people to the door and in the store for you by the end of the day you have to be able to sell your own product you know what i mean yeah it's like if if i bring someone in the door and all of your t-shirts look like crap there's nothing i can do about that i can't make the content for you and then promote it for you it's not my job. But I can give yeah. people tips on content making, at least to an extent. You know, it, it, I can say, like, here's how the editing can work. Here's how you can improve your audio, things like that. But I try, and for the most part, to leave people to their own devices to make the content that they want to make, how they want to make it. Because if I get too in-depth with it, it ends up turning out where it's like, oh, this feels like Dead Just Productions content. And that's not what I want. I don't want, um, I don't want people yeah. to make my content that makes sense yeah. it's like it's like i want you to your content to have your own feel to it i want it to be yours i'll just provide tips on like how you can touch it up to make it a bit more streamlined and clean yeah number one buy followers <laughs> yeah what you want to do is sub for sub uh buy <laughs> followers on every platform you can um and just spam your content just ads everywhere make it as uninteresting as possible as generic as possible if you can, just copy Mr. Beast in every aspect. That's how you succeed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was one of the things I heard people on YouTube, like all these like tricks they do for mm -hmm. it's like, oh, make crazy thumbnails. And I start like can only make fun of that stuff. Like I can't ever seriously do anything like that. <laughs> like, yeah. There was a when Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom came out. I was watching a couple like videos on YouTube, like, oh, how do you do this and whatever? 
and then I would get recommended videos for them because I had searched for it. And I would see like, I would look for something. Every single video had like, not the same thumbnail, but the exact same style. Every yeah. single one had the same, and it's every single one of them is a different person. I'm like, these people are all putting out the exact same thumbnail, exact same content. It's like you're just copying each other. One of these persons is the first one to do it, and everyone else is copying them. I don't know who it is. But I know. It's, it's just clones. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it annoys me. I'm like, there's so, it's hard to find originality in a lot of the content anymore. That combined with like the way it's all just so marketed and it's it's so advertising based i had a discussion with my little brother over the weekend he's turning uh 10 in august and he's he watches like mr beast and i forget the other one preston plays i think is what he said oh i'm not familiar with preston play i don't know who that is or what he does but my little brother watches their content i guess and he's like well they don't do ads i'm like all right let me pull up a mr beast video all right first thing right (laughs) at the top here he's talking about get new merch here that's an ad he's like no <laughs> he's not doing but that's you know whatever and he's like oh did he talk about his chocolate that's an ad you know it's like <laughs> it's like i'm not not to shit on mr beast or anything but it's like he's marketed towards kids his thumbnails are marketed towards kids the content is for kids all the products like if you go to his website it's all bright flashy colors and lights and stuff yeah all very heavily marketed towards children he knows his audience. He knows how to sell the product and everything. Not going to hate on him for it. But at the same time, I recognize that it is marketing. It's advertising. My uh, mother brother did not want to accept that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like my friend pointed out. Now, now what he does, he's like, just does rich person stuff. He's like, went to this million dollar room and I trashed it or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, that's how you lose your audience pretty quickly when you get when it's something they can't relate to to an extent. There's yeah. I, f- I can't remember some of the the content creators, but it's like I don't know how many times I've seen it where it's like moving into my ten million dollar mansion. It's like everyone's like, oh, <laughs> well, you're just a rich piece of crap now. <laughs> what to do when you move into your first ten million dollar mansion? Yeah, it's like oh, new house tour. It's like this biggest state yeah. in Los Angeles, and it's like oh, you're just another one of those people. Bye. Yeah, back in the day, I got re- I was really big in the Call of Duty community when that blew up, uh, like oh. 2008, 2009 ish. And uh, yeah, it was interesting watching all those people because a lot of them were like teenagers, like 14, 15. They're getting, you know, fif- like 14 to 18 ish. And then you had older people, obviously, as well. Uh, but then watching those like people who are like in their teens make a bunch of money and yeah. then not know how to like manage it at all. And like watching some of them, you know, lose it all because they spend it on stupid stuff. And uh, then another one, a, a few of them where it's like, oh, they actually held on to it or whatever, or invested it reasonably. It's like, oh, a couple of them actually came out of it looking like reasonable people. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It does almost become, well, whenever rack, well, I used to hate on just gaming videos, but now I'm like, mm. Well, at least they're playing a game. But then there's also, as soon as reaction videos took off, I was like, mm. "What is happening?" And then, uh, then you re- and then when I realized, oh, they're kind of everyone's kind of faking the reaction, and it's over the top. And then, yeah, yeah, it's but, it's weird watching the evolution of a lot of the content online in general. Like a lot, of, it started out with like very basic, like oh, it's just a 
I think the original video on the first one on YouTube was like the guy at the zoo or something. I forget <laughs> what, what he was taking a video of. And then, like I said, you move up, you get like Call of Duty commentary and stuff. And obviously, the other games, so that was what I was involved in at the time. And it's like, okay, oh, and now we have HD Call of Duty video with commentary. <laughs> and now they're not talking about the game. They're talking about their life. And now we're getting oh, like yeah. the people's personalities into it. And then you get into like streaming, right? And then it's like, okay, now we get reaction content. And uh, who is uh, who are the guys that tried to re- do the React channel? I can't remember who. I can't. Uh, I feel stupid. They they did like the teens react and everything like that, and they tried to oh. copyright React. Oh really? <laughs> and uh, oh man, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I don't remember reaction. seeing those come up. Weren't they like? The well, Fine Brothers, if... that's who it was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they tried to copyright React. Like, we came up with the, re- like, reaction idea. It's like, you didn't, you can't come up with the idea of reacting to something. That's a human <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah, it didn't go well for them. And they've kind of fallen off. But yeah, it's like the React content where it's like, oh, it's very basic. You just sit down, throw a webcam on, maybe a green screen, and you just sit there and watch somebody else's content and react to it, make an over-the-top yeah. reaction. And then obviously it evolved into you had like Twitch gaming turn into just chatting and like pools and spas and stuff like that. Where it's like, how did this come about? And then obviously that transitioned into OnlyFans a lot. Yeah, which is weird because a lot of those girls, it's like it's just their head and they're just gaming. I don't know even even get the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Whatever people are into, I'm not gonna hate on people. But yeah, it's it is weird. Because I remember back in the day, it's like they used to crack down on that so hard where if it wasn't gaming uh, content at all, if it wasn't completely gaming content on Twitch, you'd get banned immediately. And now it's like they've made entire categories for scantily clad women. I'm like, <laughs> what has Twitch become at this point? Yeah. And they were like, don't say simp because that's our whole. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, that's what that's we're all simps here. Come on. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. It's Twitch is definitely like a two tiered uh, moderation platform. Yeah, where it's like, like I said, some people get banned for the stupidest thing. Like I forget, a couple of the girls on that platform have gotten banned for just the dumbest thing, like nothing that they've done wrong, where they say something or they have like some sort of accident on stream or whatever. And then you have like barely clothed women just twerking on stream. It's like, <laughs> how is this allowed? But somebody cursing or saying the wrong word, and they get banned permanently. It's like, what is happening over here? Um, yeah, that's got to be why. Well, Stephen Crowder lasted a while on YouTube, mm-hmm. and like that's probably why because he was so successful. They were like, "Well, all right, you're making a lot of money, so." But he eventually got you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, turns out treating your pregnant wife like shit isn't a popular platform. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's I'm not surprised when any like online creator oh they're crazy or oh they're something's wrong with them i'm like oh okay it's weird to me like how people view so not even i'm not saying all like online creators or celebrities but just in general like celebrities how people view them is like just in general like you'll see like a celebrity on a talk show and be like oh man they seem really down to earth and everything it's like this is completely staged like it it, anytime this this person is on camera it is staged talk shows are staged they have uh, pre-recorded. Oh, my dog sneaking in behind me. 
uh they have like pre-recordings beforehand like running down doing like rehearsals and stuff it's like their publicist is on top of this their pr person is saying this is how you react this is how you act you know act goofy here act sort of like mysterious here or whatever it's like this is a character that they're playing uh you know it's 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 so manufactured so many of these people online and uh like i said even content creators like that especially the big ones you know and it's you don't know who these people really are most of the time like how they actually are as people i mean you see a lot of these people on stream like the crazy reactions it's like this person probably isn't even entertained by half the videos they're watching yeah. on their reaction channels. They're just acting it up for the camera to get some clicks, views, and money. Yeah, there was one category that was like, well, it's still going on, I guess, probably, but it's like vocal coach <laughs> reacts to singing of, and they all are always blown away. Yeah. And I saw one one guy that was doing that, but he was only like only honest one, and he was like, Look, this doesn't make sense that you would be blown away. <laughs> yeah. There's oh, a I love everything. <laughs> there's one I I don't know if it's I forget what the comp, the channel is that does it, but they have like professionals in the field reacting to that sort of thing. And one of them was uh like a guy reacting to like shipwrecks <laughs> in movies. I don't know if it's variety oh. or whatever. But uh yeah, he's and he's watching it and he's and they, they get to the Titanic by James Cameron. And uh and he's like watching. He's like, oh, that's real footage. And he's like blown away by it. And then he's like, yeah, I was on these dives with James Cameron, actually. And, you know, I've been to the Titanic like how, however many times. It's like, why do you act so like surprised and blown away by this real footage? Like he was there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's, I don't know. But it, yeah, it's, I don't know. You can't trust everything you see online, which is hilarious because that's what like your parents used to tell us. Like parents used yeah. to tell us when we're growing up, like, don't trust everything you read online and now there are the people falling for like the crazy conspiracy theories and hoaxes on Facebook. It's like, oh, I saw on Facebook that, you know, if you don't send, you know, if you don't copy and paste this message, your account gets deleted. It's like, why would that be the case? It's Yeah. I mean, they're a little trickier now. They're they are. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of it is just it's tricky, but it's also common sense to an extent. It's like, would Facebook really email me from this random letters and numbers email address? Yeah. Like it's it just, if you have any basic knowledge about it, you can see through it, but a lot of people don't have that not to fault them for necessarily. What would they, but I guess it depends on like how much you're on the internet and things like that. Some of it is super tricky though. Like people buying promoted Google results, so they're popping oh, up at yeah. the top of Google search results, and they're spam links. Like I, I don't have examples specifically, but like using Facebook as an example, you type in Facebook into Google, and you click on the top Facebook link, and it's a malware site. They just happen to buy the top result. They outbid everyone else, and now they're uh, yeah hacking your bank account or something. I don't know what they do. <laughs> yeah, someone like hacked into my facebook and changed the password and all that hmm. and like facebook I is terrible security it. though yeah i guess they have no support either because nope <laughs> yeah that's happened to my girlfriend twice she's lost her account oh really twice. yeah i'm like this is what happens when you use facebook they actively do not care about your data and they sell it to other people yeah 
I was like, I don't know why you're surprised that it's getting hacked. They're, they don't care. They know you'll come back on another account. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Being said, they're losing billions of dollars every year. I forget what they're like $40 billion on this MetaQuest thing. So much fun to watch that happen. Oh, is that a medical thing? No, it's the, uh, it's like the oh. virtual reality headset. Oh yeah. I forget. It, it, it's gotta be like $40 billion since the start of last year, I think, if not more. And it's like, man, you are just tanking your business for this, thinking it's going to take off. And it just is not going to take off. People aren't ready. People aren't as interested in virtual reality as you want to be, especially the way they're marketing it. I mean, yeah. nope, there's no business I can think of where they would rather have it in a virtual space than just over Zoom. Like, wow, from a business standpoint, it doesn't even make sense. Let's spend $2,000 per employee to have this take place in a virtual space when we could do it for free over zoom yeah i know like the metaverse oh, like to be fair they added legs to their avatars now so that might change everything <laughs> yeah it just was odd that that happened right when lockdowns happened that made you probably made i mean it made me go what it's almost like they hoped lockdowns would happen <laughs> like yeah. all right here we go i mean because that's the only reason you would if you couldn't, if you were like China with the zero COVID mm. and the only way you could kind of be somewhere is in a bed in the graphics were like, we Nintendo, we or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't do virtual reality. We have the PSVR, the PlayStation VR. And I, we do that a bit, but I get sick and that still pretty quickly. It's just so disorienting to me. The main thing is like, when you move, like your character moves, but you're not moving, and there's that yeah. disconnect, that makes me so sick. We tried it. There's Iron Man VR, and you look down and you can see the ground rushing up at you, but you're just standing still in the living room. Oh, <laughs> uh, I lasted literally like 30 seconds, and I was like, I'm gonna throw up. I laid down for like half an hour before I felt better. It was like that. Uh, Resident Evil Seven, we tried, and I was like, the the best ones for me are like the goofy little ones where it's like Job Simulator. Yeah, the, uh, keep talking and nobody explodes. I think it's the bomb defusal one. Uh, that one's not too bad because you're just you can literally sit in a chair and do it. You just sit still, move. You just maneuvering the case around in front of you. It's very simple, very easy on the uh, the eyes. So it's stuff like that's pretty straightforward. But yeah, some of the more intense ones where your character's moving around all over the place, that doesn't go well for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean I. I mean, I've always wanted a VR, like ever since I was a kid, I was like virtual reality, yeah. like, <laughs> and I do want one. I just, I don't know, because it's... like the new Half-Life was one oh, Half -Life and that, was, that was why I was almost going to get one. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's the problem. Like they, they keep coming out with it and they have one game. That's like a standout, like Half-Life yeah. Alex was one. And it's like, oh, this is really cool. Like this could be really neat. But each, each headset variant has like one game and that's it it's like it's not worth the investment for it especially like i forget what i paid for the playstation vr i got it on sale at some point uh but even that was a couple hundred bucks like the new ones like the new ones like 700 dollars maybe for playstation mm. the meta quest i think is like i might be wrong like 12 to 1400 apple just announced theirs and it's like four thousand dollars <laughs> it's like there's not enough you know to go there's not enough substance with it to be worth it I, I mean, 
most you have to understand most of the games with that come that you can get for these are like little arcadey phone style games like the you know beat saber like sort of stuff it's it's very all gimmicky it's there's not a lot of substantive gameplay with a lot of them a lot of there are games that are be, you know they're going back and making some of them uh more vr readily accessible like resident evils one uh, Borderlands two, Borderlands three, maybe one mm. some Borderlands in some aspect. I know added uh, VR. Um, they're doing that with some of the older games, but I don't think very many like big AAA games are being designed for VR for the most part. And even yeah. if they are, it's it's not as fun of a, an experience as just playing the game with a controller or mouse and keyboard because it's just clunky. If you have to hold like the weird controllers in your hands and it just doesn't work as well. Sometimes it's just it's not intuitive, especially with the movement, the way it works. Yeah, it plus work well. You can't have a real small space, right? Like you have to have. Yeah, yeah. Every time we hook it up out in the living room, we're moving the coffee table out of the way. <laughs> we're clearing space, tripping over the dog. Yeah, because like I used to have. I remember when like, you know, the the motion controls were big, like. Hmm. There was the Wii, and then like Xbox and PlayStation had those too. And then there was like exercise games. PlayStation had was it PlayStation Move or something? I forget. Yeah. I know that the PlayStation I was what it was called. I forget what the whole thing was. Xbox had the Connect. I think the Xbox One shipped with the Connect. You had to get it with mm. it at first. I think they cut it off after a while, like after the first round. That's how they dropped the price. Then I'll, <laughs> I'll make up a number. But it was like five hundred dollars to start with when it first launched, and it came with the Connect. And then they're like, all right, Xbox One on sale for $300. No Connect included. We're just, the original cost is being removed because there's no Connect because it didn't sell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I got the original Wii when it came out. And to be fair to the Wii, like they actually had a, the whole console was designed around motion controls. So, I mean, there was plenty of games to go with. And they were, I mean, you had Wii Sports, I think, that came with it originally, maybe. Um, yeah, the Wii Fit came out at some point later. I don't remember when. Yeah, and I had some some stuff with it. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a revolutionary console because it made motion controls popular, and they actually did it pretty well for the most part, especially given the technology at the time. Um, they've, I mean, with the Nintendo Switch, they've kind of redone it, just modernized it slightly. Yeah. Yeah, like. Yeah, like I just got a a Wii, like an older one. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, like, but with like the Connect, I was like, <laughs> we were doing. Well, I, I guess I'm not into the the like, uh, using them as like, moving around too much. Mm. The Connect, it was like, uh, almost exercise, and I'm like, all right, this is <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing. I remember we got the Wii Fit because like, oh, this is good for like, I mean, I was a kid at the time. I was, I might have been going into high school when that came out. I don't remember. And I remember my mom being like, oh, we'll get this. This will be useful. And I was like, this is just a hassle. I would rather just actually work out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting much out of this. And it's a lot to set up and move everything out of the way just to do this. I would much rather just go downstairs to the home gym and, and work out down there. <laughs> watch tv or play a game while on a treadmill or you know the bike or whatever yeah 
that would kind of be funny to like, oh, I'm doing VR curl, like just lifting a weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing VR bench press. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, I don't know. There's a point where it's just impractical uh, for some of it. But yeah, I, I don't know. With VR, I feel like we're, we're on the cusp of getting the technology right, but there's, there's not enough demand for it. And there's not enough development going into making games that make the con the platform worth it. Like I said, you can have like one or two games where it's like, oh, if you already have the, you know, the headset, cool, it's definitely worth getting the games for it. But I don't think there's any there's enough games out there to, you know, make it worth buying the headset. Like I said, like seven hundred dollars for some of them. I don't remember what the PlayStation VR two is, but it's like we'll say five hundred dollars even. I don't think it's worth spending five hundred dollars just for one game. Yeah, I, I mean, mean like Half Half Life Alex again. I I haven't played it. I don't have a headset for the computer, but I've heard it's great. But I don't think it's worth buying an entire VR setup for. I mean, you have to have a pretty good computer to run it and everything. It's just so expensive for one game. That's not that long. It's like three or four hours, I think, only. Yeah, I mean, those were the ones I was looking at, the expensive, whatever the Valve one is. Because yeah, those you can... I keep track of them. But yeah, you need a really powerful PC also, so then you're mm -hmm. spending two the price of two good computers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Like I said, it's just it's so expensive. Like I said, even Apple, like the Apple one, I'm like, it's four, I know that one's four thousand dollars. I'm like, who is gonna spend four thousand dollars on this? It's it's just not worth it. Their marketing is I don't know if you saw any of the images of it, but it's like their marketing is like, oh, you can use like a big screen, like it you can see through the headset, it's like uh augmented reality. So like I could be sitting here and looking at the room behind me and having the entire room be like a giant screen. It's like hmm cool i guess or i <laughs> yeah. could just use a projector or go out in the living room and watch it on a big screen i don't is how is this worth four thousand dollars you know it's like that and then they had the weirdest thing to me was they marketed it where on the outside of the headset it had it it has cameras facing inward recording your face and then it projects it on the outside of the headset so if people walk in they see your face through the headset but it's like a video I'm like, that's the weirdest. Like, just take the headset off. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I'm like, Ugh. it's bizarre. I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure yeah. the next five to 10 years, it'll, they'll have a lot more technology designed for it. It'll be perfected a bit more with the motion controls and how well it actually lines up. You might be able to do have less bulky controls and just have actual hand movements and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the graphics will be a bit better. It'll be more streamlined. It'll be more affordable. So you're not spending, you know, $4,000, $3,000 on, on a headset that you use at a couple of parties and then put it away forever. Yeah. That, I thought I saw you some recent episode that you talked about AI with somebody or something. I've talked about it a couple of times, yeah. yeah. Where I know I've mentioned, uh, I don't want to, drag it on too long but like how some of it's overblown where people are like oh man the you know, ai is getting so smart and you know chat gpt is gonna is it sentient it's like no it's all relatively contained it's kind of getting blown out of proportion it's cool yeah. it's super useful but at the end of the day it's all a very self-contained technology where it's like 
it's designed where you ask it a like you provided an input it provides you an answer that's it that's that's all there is to it obviously there's other ai out there um but a lot of it's like artistic style where it's like the ai is generating images and yeah. that's a bit more destructive if you want to call it that where it's like people are just using ai generator art selling it or you know trying to put other people out of jobs they have you know ai generated music where you can mimic voices and put music out for that or uh just i know one of the big things lately is they have uh the former presidents you have like barack obama you have joe Biden, trump George oh Bush. yeah like they have like the president plays on youtube where they're playing like different games and stuff like that which are kind of entertaining um like stuff like that and i know a lot of people are like oh man ai is like it's getting to the point where it's dangerous and it's it's really not but you have a lot of commentators like if you watch like mainstream news like cnn fox like that sort of stuff uh, as far as mainstream goes their whole thing is you know drumming up drama and blowing things out of proportion that's how they get people to watch you know anytime anytime anything happens like is this the end of our democracy i mean if yeah. you throw on fox or cnn you want like well you you know with trump president trump being indicted you watch cnn they're like this is, you know, our country is being saved right now. But if you switch to Fox, they'll say, this is the downfall of our country. We're on the verge of a civil war. And it's like, it's just, it's outrage, to, you know, from either side. Just everything is taken to 110% just to get people excited, tune in, thinking that big things are happening and they need to be upset or excited or whatever. It's just all for the sake of clicks and views and whatnot yeah yeah i mean it did freak me out a little because of the automation of it how fast it is and uh like it is ironic that it it you know i read that it's like more of a threat to white collar jobs and everybody thought yeah. oh that's gonna be just the manual labor jobs that it's gonna <laughs> yeah well, I know, like, they also used to say, like, and they still say it, where it's like, oh, if you raise minimum wage, they'll just replace, like, McDonald's workers with robots and whatever. It's like, do you realize how expensive it is to put robots in a lot of these positions? It's like, that, yeah, it's wildly expensive to put a robot in there to make hamburgers and french fries and whatnot. It's, it's literally cheaper to keep people in there. But, yeah, what you're saying, like, white-collar work. Part of the problem is, people don't really know how to use the AI properly. Like chat GPT, for instance, people are just asking it stupid questions. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, how do I do this? How do I do that? And it's like, like this can be utilized way more efficiently, but you have no clue how to use it. Uh, and then they get caught using it incorrectly. And it's very blatant at times. You know, I saw like lawyers or people are trying, not lawyers, but people are trying to use it for like legal work and it's like this doesn't work like you think it does yeah um i mean it's the same way like you i'm sure you've seen uh like in universities or, or cool or just schools in general where it's like oh using chat gpt to write my essay and then they have like oh now the teacher is using like a <laughs> ai detector yeah but it's just it doesn't work it literally doesn't work like the ai detector if you put in like you know the constitution it'll tell you it's created entirely from ai it's like well obviously <laughs> not so like it it's popular but not necessarily fully functional 
and uh, people don't know how to even if it was people most people don't know how to use it properly myself included to an extent there's it's just it's complicated to the point of like it's i mean obviously it's pulling all the information from the internet everywhere and funneling it down to a response to the user to provide them with the most accurate information it can so i mean obviously it's complicated in that extent but people don't know how to interact with it properly to to use it to its full extent and then because they don't understand how it works properly they assume that it's the most powerful tool in the world yeah just like uh, yeah because it's like you just picture like a bunch of ai programs and then a bunch of ai detector programs yeah that's just like that's society yeah and it just like i said a lot of it just doesn't even work it doesn't work properly because it's people hopping on the gravy train of ai subscriptions like oh yeah give us however much money and we'll i'll tell you if it's ai generated and it always is i promise (laughs) yeah the declaration of independence ai was written by (laughs) ai they had it back then yeah it's i don't know it's it's sort of like with nfts it was a it was a craze oh yeah very quickly died out because people didn't understand what it actually was and how it was just basically most of it was just a giant scam it has used i mean NFTs do have like a practical usage to a certain extent, but the way people use it is just the way that most people use it is just a scam or money laundering. Cause I mean, it has no tangible value. I mean, look what, yeah. I probably shouldn't say this. We used uh, <laughs> like when Trump launched his NFTs, we saved all the images and relaunched them on other websites and resold them. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, that's how easy it is. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand unless it's like this most super lockdown thing. I don't know. The idea like behind the technology is worthwhile for sure. Uh, but like the way it's utilized is the dumbest thing possible where it's like, here's an image. Give me $100 and I will give you a receipt saying you gave me $100. You don't <laughs> own the image, but you did give me $100. <laughs> So like, there's nothing, there's nothing is happening there. It's just somebody uploading an image and then you paying them and they share you a link to the image. Essentially, you don't own the image. You don't own the rights to the image. You're just showing proof that you've paid someone money in order for them to send you the image that they also don't own most of <laughs> Yeah, and they were saying, "Oh, but this is the ori- this has the token in it or something." It's yeah, it's it, it's valueless. That's the thing. <laughs> it's you know, it's tulips and beanie babies all over again. I mean, this yeah. is beanie babies and tulips. He had something physical, where it was an actual product. With NFTs, it's like, like I said, I I can make an NFT of the Mona Lisa. I can make a hundred of them and sell them. <laughs> I don't own the Mona Lisa. I don't own the rights to the Mona Lisa or anything. It's like the people I sell it to aren't going to. They would have just as much value going into Google images, typing in Mona Lisa, right click, save as, and having that, <laughs> it's the exact same value. You don't have to give me any money for it. You know, it's like I said, the tech, we have all these interesting technologies like with blockchains and uh, with like cryptocurrencies where the technology is valuable and it's useful. 
but the way it's being utilized is just to basically steal money from stupid people by people who have a tenuous grasp on how the technology works to begin with. Yeah. I mean, that that at first reminded me of like those infomercials that would always say like, and when you buy this, you get the certificate of authenticity. Yeah. Well, it's like <laughs> it with the, uh, the thing, so like the buy a plot of land and get like a lordship in Scotland and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen ads for those where like, I mean, that's, that's nothing. That's just, yeah, I it's a scam. But I guess it kind of is. It's like, you're not actually getting land. You're not getting a lordship. Like it's, it's not real. It's, yeah. Like when something like, I thought you could people could buy I don't know something in space I forget. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. I know what you're talking yeah. about to I can't remember exactly that. Oh, you can I know buy you can this. pay to have like stars named after you or something. Oh yeah. I think it's star or comets, something like that. You can pay. I'm like, oh, I just want to name I want to be named after the one that hits us. Not that, <laughs> but I'm gonna call it the Deadest Productions Meteor. <laughs> that way the last thing people hear is is my brand they're going to go look up the meteor and it's just going to link to the podcast and people can <laughs> buy the products from my sponsors and that will be that'll the final descript like the ending of the story with the jesters it's true that's gonna be the final episode <laughs> of the podcast i'm gonna do a live episode from where the meter is gonna hit it's gonna be the most streamed episode of our our show it's gonna be great <laughs> and then with my luck the meter will miss and i'll be like well this is a waste <laughs> yeah awesome yeah well i mean we're about an hour and a half in here i don't know if you wanted to wrap up here i gotta it's 20 to 10 yeah. i should probably get dinner soon <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> uh yeah thanks for coming on um, thank you so much man i, I appreciate it. had a fun time chatting again anytime you want to come yeah. back on our show let me know always happy okay yeah uh thanks i'll, I'll look forward to that last episode Sounds good. Yeah. You can go check out deadjustproductions.live. It's linked to my, my website. It's going to be updated. I don't know when this episode is coming out when you're posting this one, but hopefully uh, Wednesday, probably Wednesday. Okay. The website probably won't be up by then since it's only two days away, but we're close. We're very close to launching the new website. Um, I'm excited. It's long overdue and it's taken me way too long to get it done. So oh. it's been like, half a year probably if not longer they're rebuilding it from scratch so it's been a real treat <laughs> oh wow so. you had someone else do it you didn't do all the coding and <laughs> no i did it all myself oh did all, all of it myself that's why it's taken forever because i'm getting held up with everything else in between between the brand the rest of the brand stuff and then personal life getting having stuff going on there so it's like all right i'll get home i'll work on the website for like 20 minutes and then 20 minutes is not oh, long yeah. enough to do anything worthwhile for the most part. So but we're very close to launching that. So hopefully within like a week or so, I'll be good to go on that. Get it up, get it going. Then, uh, yeah, new episodes of our podcast every Wednesday. So if people, uh, people want to check it out, they're more than welcome to. Yeah, so the, the website and you had a link tree and stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I can send you the link tree oh yeah Sounds good. okay uh yeah thanks a lot again and uh yeah 
Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on. Had a good time chatting. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, keep living that husky life. <laughs> yeah, the the one semester husky life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Right. Sounds good, man. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate everyone um, listening in. Yeah. 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 Yeah.